morning, good afternoon, good night. Welcome to the Craft Heads Podcast, the podcast about nothing but also everything, where every episode is different. This is episode 126. Usually I am recording with my best friend of 22 or some odd years, uh, Tommy, but with him being in Tampa still, uh, I am recording this evening with my wife, Tara. Hello. She often helps me hold down the fort, so thanks for recording with me on this stormy evening of July 18th. Always. I have the Sunday scary, so this is the perfect thing to um, keep the night going as long as possible before the work week starts. But every episode, we do a particular topic. Sometimes Tommy and I are just BSing. Sometimes we'll cover something new, like a trending topic, whatever. Um, one thing that I I personally have a huge passion for is movies, and I've been crushing a ton of them, more than usual, especially over the past year for obvious reasons. So we're doing a movie rundown. We've actually done a few before. We'll cover that in a minute. But also on every episode, we have an alcoholic beverage of some kind, and we also do shout-outs in the beginning to uh, people that we run into in our everyday life. Uh, I say this lovingly, it's a Grand Theft Auto reference, but strangers and freaks, like the little random encounters that you have with people, and it's really cool. Uh, Marcos, I don't think you're a freak, but (laughs) shout out to Marcos at uh, the Savvy Cellar. So this is a local liquor store that somehow, um, where we live in in Atlanta, in Sandy Springs specifically, it took us forever to even know that it existed, because it's kind of nestled away in a, uh, like a shopping plaza Small, uh, like strip mall area. Yes, Tara. I was also going to say, even if you zoom in on Google Maps, sometimes it doesn't appear. It's almost like it doesn't exist. And if you if you zoom far enough in, then it finally pops up. So it's like a, it's a yeah. Gem. I might have to give them some some love on, or some GMB tips because they they deserve. I, I hope they do well. But it's it's a great liquor store. Really friendly people. Good selection. Fair prices. And uh, we've always sort of wanted like a better, closer liquor store nearby because there's, I'm not even going to name it. I'm not, you know, poo-pooing it, but there's one next door to the the nearby Publix that does not have a good selection and it's highway robbery on prices. And a couple times when we were in a pinch and needed something, we didn't have our local friendly liquor store seller. So now we have the savvy seller. We're real excited about it. And Marcos, who works there, uh, just super friendly guy, uh, really helpful. He, I was in there the other day to pick up a bottle of Casa Dragones tequila for Tara, and uh, while he did grab a bottle for me, he explained that, and also showed me the really expensive one that's like almost $300. It's beautiful. He said to stop in maybe next week sometime, which at this point was today, for another tequila that he said, you know, if you like the really smooth Blanco tequilas, good for sipping, not, you know... Because we don't like to mix Casa ever. We only, you know, drink it straight. Mm-hmm. And he said this one is basically as good or, you know, something in the neck of the woods except maybe like 40, 50 bucks. So sure enough, we told him we'd be back. We went back in tonight. Uh, didn't catch him. But um, the other person who, who was there, I think they might even be the owners, they were able to hook us up. And this new tequila is called Mijenta Tequila. And we also got the Blanco uh, version of it. They have a Reposado is more expensive, but this was about $48. So, uh, not nearly as expensive as Casa Dragones, which is 80. I think we pay usually for that. Um, but that's the only liquor that Tara likes to drink straight. So, you know, it's really good stuff, but we have a, uh, a fun thing to do for you tonight, Marcos. And for the listeners, we, Tommy and I have done this before. We once did a blind taste test for gin, um, on episode 111. And sure enough, we did another blind taste test right before that on 110, which was for tequila, three different kinds. Casa Dragones is the reigning champ on Craft Heads Podcast. So we're putting it up against Mijenta. Uh, Tara and I both did the pours for each other, one ounce each. And we have like symbols on the glasses and like our little key to know which one is which. But neither of us knows which is in which glass. And we're going to do some sipping. And we have distilled water to sip and cleanse our palates between the uh, tastings. I just want to say I really enjoy Alex's symbols on my glass (laughs) because it's the same symbol, three squiggles, but the orientation is vertical and horizontal. It did like I don't know. I was thinking you went was real in depth like with runish it. or something. It reminded me of the Fifth Element whenever they have the like symbols for the elements at the end of the movie. I yeah. don't know. Uh, yours, you, you got your little spiral and like a, a sideways teepee. 
it looks like. Yeah, yeah. But cheers, Tara. I'm going to start with this one, of course. Um, show me which one. You, let me bring up my key. Which one are you going to start with? Um, I was thinking of doing proximity, so this one's very close. So the you're, horizontal. You're going horizontal. Okay. And I'm going with your sideways teepee. Do you know which one this is? Hold on. Let me double check. Oh, I think I, great. I think I do. So exciting. I have it in a my little pocket in my running shorts. While Tara's looking that up, just... Um, when we get to the topic here, we're going to do a movie rundown, 36 movies, and we're going to save you a lot of time on what you should and should not watch on all the various streaming platforms out there. Okay. Which one are you doing? The TP? Yeah, the TP. Okay. All right. Let's do this. Cheers. All right. Chantani. I had a dream about that. Hmm. Mine smells almost fruity. It smells really good. Ooh. Oh my! Let me have another sip. It's really because good. I want really so far. I want to make make an assessment. Okay, I think I know what this one is, so I'm gonna put him back. I'll do distilled as well. Distilled water is like a it's a whole extra thing going on in my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can make a whole other episode I could, on yes. distilled water. Yeah. Ready? So on to the second doing the vertical squiggles. You know what this is. Mm -hmm. You're doing the spiral. I know what that is. Okay. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Kampai. Oh, okay. Well. Hmm. Oh, my God. I feel like I have to do it back and forth. Yeah, I'm going to be going back to the other one here yeah. in a minute. Yeah, this, this one's much different. And I like Casa so much that I thought, oh, this will be so easy. Yeah, they're both really good. For the listeners, like these are both really good tequilas. One, okay. And maybe it's because of the distilled water. Maybe I'm like going crazy. The second one has a lot of robust flavor. or Not robust, but a lot more flavor that I can identify. Like, a, I don't know, maybe a little earthier or something like that. Whereas I feel like the first one, I didn't get like that complex, but it was much waterier but i also don't know if that's like because i did distilled like i feel like i need to do distilled mm -hmm. do my swish and then try the first one again oh, you know what else because i might be conflating so the listeners understand because we were the only two people here and we had to pour each other's blind tests we don't know which ones like tara and i may not have necessarily drank the same tequilas at the same time yeah that's very true so that's important to know mm -hmm. i'm gonna finish off the first one again real quick Wow. Okay, they're completely different. Is horizontal squiggle casa? Yes, it is. Okay. I okay. knew it. And, and the I, second one, this vertical one is... Um, mijenta. Mijenta. Okay. And I think the swirl is Casa Dragones. It's not? No. No way. Mm -mm. Okay. I, I will say this. I thought the swirl was Casa Dragones because it's earthier and tastes more tequila-ish. And the other one, your little teepee one, frankly, it's smoother and it's easier to drink. And what that means is Casa is as good as I thought. Notice I didn't say that I thought that this was... I didn't say I like this one better, meaning mm -hmm. the swirl, the mijenta. I said, I think that's Casa Dragones. Because I, that first one was so wild, I thought that it had to be something I hadn't tried before. Which basically is just, I don't, I do think Casa Dragones is still my favorite and the best. And the mijenta is excellent. Honestly, I would, I would agree with that. And I also wanted to follow up with something more complex that I just had um, because it's kind of insane for me to be like, oh, yeah, you know, of all the spirits, tequila is the one that I like to drink straight. Like if someone heard that, they would look at me and they'd be like, oh, she's an alcoholic. She likes to do shots like she's a mm -hmm. partier. She, you know, loses her mind all the time. And that's not the case at all. I The flavors of these two tequilas are wonderful and they're mm -hmm. so different. Not so different but they're different enough that they both have their own personalities and i'm so happy we got the mihenta because this is like that deserves a spot in our top shelf i think definitely definitely and i and i would make it's 
it's just before the price range where I would make a really fancy cocktail with it. I would be willing yeah. to, but like, I'm still probably not going to, frankly. Mm, okay. You should make a cocktail with it, but all the other ingredients should be just as good. Yeah. Well, of course. Like, yeah. Using, using garbage, uh, ingredients wouldn't I don't do, do that justice, on any cocktails. but what I was, where my, the train of thought I was going, um, you know, you always like for you, for example, I'll just pick on you for a minute, not pick on, but you know what I mean? You really enjoy bourbons, whiskeys. You dabble in scotches, I think. Yeah. And so you whiskeys enjoy, in general, you enjoy th- that. And I feel like if you encountered, um, you know, another random guy in the street or even lady on the street and, you know, they said, oh yeah, you know, I'd like, you know, drinking spirits. You could probably guess that they're going to like bourbons, whiskeys, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. a thing. Like yeah. that's like the go-to one. Yeah. I feel like people that enjoy the tequila thing, I think that's a little bit more rare and upcoming. Yeah. And it, I, yeah, I would I, love I would it. agree. I would love to explore it more honestly. And, um, I'm a huge fan of Mezcal. Yeah, as well. mezcal I, is is really good. We we've tried a few of those on the podcast. I think. Yeah, I wish there was more of a selection. We have that one. Interestingly enough, the logo on the Mijenta bottle is it's like a a bunny I or a rabbit it. carrying the the cocktail glass or something. Oh wait a minute, I don't know if it's carrying anything, but it's like a walking rabbit. And I think the mezcal that we have, it's also we got it it's at got a rabbit. I swear it has a rabbit on it. It does. So that must be a thing. I'd be uh, interested in looking that up. But yeah, Mijenta. For Earth, for people, for life, according to their website. Yeah, I, I'm. So this has been. He had the um, the page up on like a repeat in there. If you go to their landing page, there's a video that plays on a loop, and the little little rabbit that they have is so freaking cute. Yeah, and they showed an actual rabbit there too. Yeah. But yeah, um, great recommendation, Marcos. Thank you very much. Thanks for taking care of us at Savvy yes. Seller. Um, it's, it's a really good, great place. If you're anywhere in the neck of the woods, uh, listener, definitely check it out. Tell them we sent you, but, um, they have a huge selection of wine as well. Yeah. Not just tequilas. Yeah. yeah or, um, or any spirit. I any mean, they, spirit. they've got a lot of, of, of yeah. really good stuff, a very good selection. And, um, but my final, my final tequila note, I do think Casa Dragones is still my favorite. Um, I would say if I was having like a nightcap or maybe like one drink for the rest of the evening or something, I think I would go and lean more towards Casa. And I would actually say now that it's summer, I would definitely lean towards Casa because the Mijenta has a lot more flavor in my opinion. That would be really good in the fall or cooler months. Or as weird as this sounds, I wouldn't, I, I, well, I might shoot the Mijenta, but I, what I was going to say is if the price point weren't a factor, I would rather shoot Mijenta because it's got that tequila expectation, like Mm -hmm. flavor, like that I want when I'm doing a shot of good tequila versus I still would want to sip the Casa just because it's, when I say it's like sipping water, that makes it sound boring and terrible. It's just because of how high a quality it is. I'm glad you said that because when I just did my second swish and went back to try the first one, which was the Casa, I did my swish with distilled. I absorbed all my, you know, bad things in my mouth. When I drank the Casa again, it was very watery. Like it just, it just went right down. There was no burn. Like, and it was very, um, mild, I would say. And refresh, uh, refreshing. Tequila no, was refreshing. That, that's you know why. Good. Just before it escapes, you were talking about shooting the mihenta, and I thought about doing like an artisanal shot where we get some fancy salt and some organic beefed up limes mm-hmm. and do like a shot with it. Yeah. I mean, we totally could. But uh, wrapping up, I, I sort of regret the way that I made my guess by saying, oh, that's Casa. I was sort of thinking. I, I was sort of expecting the mihenta to like blow me away in a way, you know, not for any, not like, I don't want to say my expectations were out of whack, but in the sense that I thought it was going to be something really unusual. And as what I should have said is, I think this one is smoother or, you know, I shouldn't have said it by name, you know? But yeah. You, I mean, you, you nailed it regardless, but yeah. that makes sense because it's your favorite. Honestly, I'm very pleasantly surprised with it because... 
I feel like Espolone, Lunazul, like those are tequila tequilas, like you'd shoot with or, you know, do a mixed drink or something. And like you, you get what you expect from Mm -hmm. those. And I feel like these types of tequilas, the ones where you can just sip on it and really enjoy the flavors of it. Yeah. That's rare. I think. Yeah, totally. So I'm happy. I'm happy. I have a number two to go to. Awesome tequilas. Thanks again, Marcos. And then as a little bit of a, not a spoiler, but like a teaser rather. I am going to do an upcoming episode pretty soon. It's going to be a shorter one. I didn't want to cram it into this one. Plus, the whole reason, another reason I went to Savvy Cellar was I was looking for a particular um, a particular kind of, of drink. I won't give any other spoiler mm-hmm. beyond that. And it is because we also, just last night, we watched a documentary on Netflix. It was under an hour that is very appropriate for the Crafted's podcast. We would like to talk about it. So we'll do a quick one on that, like as a separate follow up. But that way we weren't cr- trying to cram in too much stuff in here because um, in addition to the movie rundown that we're going to go ahead and dive into here, we have 36 movies. For those of you who have not um, listened to one of our movie rundowns before, we will tell you the name of the movie, the year it came out, the ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. The I'll read two numbers. The first one will be the critics. The second will be the, the audience. Then the runtime. And I'll say it as, for example, 145, meaning one hour, 45 minutes. And then I have changed things a little bit for the ratings. We used to just do watch and skip. I tried, I'm tried. i trying to do a better job of saying skip if, you know, because I'll watch just about anything. Mm-hmm. Trying to put in more skips. Also, I added a must-see category and an avoid category. And I kept those numbers very low. So basically, if you walk away from this podcast and you say, I want to watch three of these movies or five of these movies, those will be my personal must-see recommendations. And a couple ones were like so bad that I put them in the avoid category. So there are four categories. There is avoid, skip, skip, watch, watch, must-see. But you're going to hear mostly watch and skip. But listen definitely for the must-sees. And then uh, you'll see in the episode title, of course, it says Fear Street Trilogy. The reason I definitely wanted to get this cranked out as quickly as possible was because just on July 16th, the Fear Street Trilogy was completed. They were... It's three movies uh, taking place in different uh, times, like eras. Mm -hmm. And they're based on the R.L. Stein book series from 1989, which was also called Fear Street. So um, they are, well, well, let's just dive in. Yeah. Starting with the first, you know, we, I'm gonna, we're going to try and keep it down to like a minute or two on each one, keep the details to a minimum. And by the way, we're not doing spoilers on this. So yeah. you don't have to worry about that. We're just telling you what the movies were and whether or not we think they're worth your time to watch. So starting off with the Fear Street uh, trilogy, it's part one, two, and three, and respectively, 1994 and 1978, 1666. Of course, they all just came out this year, and it was really cool. Netflix did like a staggered release where Mm -hmm. they came out one week after one one another. So for the first movie, uh, 84 critics, 65 audience, 145 runtime. Second movie, 89 critics, 83 audience, 151 runtime. Third movie, 95 critics, 83 audience, 152 runtime. So what you just heard is really good ratings across the board for critics and audience. A run, a collective runtime to watch the entire trilogy is a little bit under six hours. I'm just going to say straight up, in my humble opinion, absolute must-see. I loved this trilogy. I loved watching them staggered out whenever uh, I, because I watched the first one and then I saw the second one was either coming out the next day or it was that same day. I don't remember if I watched them the same day. Um, And then the third one, I got to anticipate for an entire week and I was really excited about that. The first one, um, I looked at some of the inspiration uh, comes from Scream. The second one was Friday the 13th. Again, just inspiration. And the third one was from a movie called The New World that I actually have not seen before. And Mm -hmm. just a couple notes, I'll say one of the best deaths, definitely the best death in the series and one of the better deaths I've seen on screen was in the first movie. So that was a highlight that I loved. The second one was probably the best standalone movie. Also soundtrack, a lot of David Bowie. And the character was named 
main character was Ziggy. Of course, Ziggy Stardust, which was awesome. And um, the last movie just had a great ending and like the big twist and reveal of the whole trilogy. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was awesome. In the way it wrapped up. Yeah. The like, last movie. I Tara and I watched them together. I, I don't know if you derped for any of them, you know, just kind of um, chilling. I would say I derped more for the first one. Mm-hmm. And I, I won't go into obviously specifics because it's, you know, we're not doing spoilers. Um, there were some annoying things that I was like, <laughs> meh. I'm like, eh, I don't really care about this. Um, but the rest of it was was awesome. Yeah. I really Camp, enjoyed them. Campy teenage horror, basically. Uh, lots oh, yeah. of, it pulls inspiration from a lot of things. I'm not commenting on whether this is a good or bad thing. It simply is. It's It has a, I'll say a mild LGBTQ like theme vein running through it, but it's 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 only for two characters. You know, it's it's kind of like a like a a little bit of a love story. You oh, know? it definitely is. Not yeah, not even a little bit. So that that's a big part of it. But it, like, it's not super in your face. Whatever. I don't know if anybody cares about the that. I'll watch just awesome. about anything. The deaths were great. It yeah, was, it's it, so very. The trilogy is extremely violent, which everybody who knows me knows. I just love that shit. Yeah, so it was great. I would actually, I commented to Alex in the last movie and I said, um, you know, the actors who played some of these, you know, characters, they must have had a ton of fun um, oh, yeah. during, during filming because Definitely. like, it's just, you know, so stuff's crazy. So that it was good. Brand new release. Glad we got to cover that. And we just got through three movies there, you know, to be fair, it's a trilogy, but definitely a must-see recommendation mm-hmm. from me. Is it a watch or a must-see for you, Tara? Um, it's between watch and must see. Okay. So overall, good movies. Yeah. Okay. Now, and then, then the other funny thing about this rundown is we're moving in reverse order. So that's the most recent that we watched. And then like going backwards, I've been keeping tabs for a couple months at this point, which is why there's so yeah. many. I just so, looked at the bottom. I'm like, wow, yeah, we watched yeah, that forever ago. I, I know. But, exactly. Okay, okay. Next one. So, uh, 3022 or 3022 is the name of the movie. Years 2019. It didn't have a critic's rating the audience is 55 runtime 131 um it's people who are stranded in space there's a cataclysm on earth and they are faced with like mental degradation and that struggle Mm -hmm. if you were in a space station um not gonna go again no spoilers yep i'm gonna go skip on this skip okay yeah there are there are way better space movies out there yeah for space thrillers there's a lot more i could pick from done okay next one the eighth night 2021, uh, critics 57 and audience 44, 156 runtime. This is, by the way, a Korean movie, Korean mm-hmm. horror movie. I, that's one of my favorite genres. I love Korean anything. Uh, foreign films in general, I'm, uh, we're both pretty into, but um, this this for me was a watch for sure. The um, yeah, and and it's um it's also like horror mythology because it. Uh, it has like a Buddhist myth, I think. Shit. Yeah, religious what, The ties. Diamond Sutra or something like that. I it, don't it, remember. <clears throat> okay, it, something like that, but really cool, tied into a little bit of like Buddhism lore and like mythology and everything. So that was definitely a cool movie. Yep. I enjoyed watching it. But the one that I enjoyed even more was Homunculus. Yeah, the next movie. Yep, next movie, 2021. Uh, by the way, that was a watch recommendation. Sorry. <laughs> I think you said it. Okay. 2021. It doesn't have ratings on Rotten Tomatoes yet. Um, 155 runtime. This is Japanese. Yep. Um, but, you know, sort of in that same kind of vein for sure. And basically a guy, you can see this from the write-up, so it's not a spoiler. The guy undergoes an operation and he can, the way that he views people is by seeing their innermost like hidden trauma and the special effects are amazing. Yeah. I will say that I think I liked the first half more. There was one scene, you know, with the, I'll just say with the mob, like the, uh, yes. Is it Yakuza or Yakuza? Um, the Yakuza, that boss, that scene to me was the peak of the movie. Yeah. Like that was one of the coolest things I've seen in a long time. I would actually say for both the previous movie, the eighth night and homunculus both of them started off very strong for me and then kind of tapered into yeah, like kind of petered out a little bit yeah they petered out a little bit but i'd both keep them Still in the watch so watch I agree. recommendation from both of us yep next movie i made an exception for this i have seen this movie before uh but it was when it came out 
uh, Grindhouse presents Death Proof, which was Quentin Tarantino's movie in a double feature with him and the other movie, Planet Terror, with Robert Rodriguez. I just had to give it some love because it's only the second time I've seen Death Proof. It stars um, Kurt Russell, and you know, and I just love him so much, especially from Hateful Eight and and a zillion other movies. But like that movie is from 2007, 65 critics, 72 audience, 154 runtime, definite watch. Hilarious okay. ending. You have it Great listed. Actors in it. Just watch. I would say must see for myself. I love it because I started off doing like a classic terror of like, meh, I don't really care yeah, about this. Yeah, you, you did. And all of a sudden it sucked me in and I was like, this movie is awesome. Like, I love this shit. It's so good. The ending is fucking hilarious. I would say, must see for me. And, and not unlike a lot of QT movies, it almost happens in acts. He doesn't have those, or like chapters. He doesn't have the, the breakers in between them, but they're sort of like de facto. It works out that way. Yeah. And um, there are lots of long, drawn-out dialogue scenes. Very classic QT fare. Yep. Such a good movie. Yeah, I'm not saying anything about it because it's just so interesting. Speaking of not saying anything, the next movie, Mute, which has um, Paul Rudd in it. Uh, he, he wasn't the main guy. I'm, I'm embarrassed. Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah. That, thank I was going to say that was the name I was going to guess, so I'm glad. That was the main actor. But uh, Paul Rudd is in a, in, a, in a very atypical role, but still retains sort of the comedic nature, and I really enjoyed that about him. Um, and it, also... Go ahead. Who, God, what's his name? The other guy. The other actor. Oh, well, I have a note over here. Oh, okay. okay so Justin Theroux is in it, <laughs> and he's wearing blonde hair, and it's surreal and hilarious. That yeah. alone is worth watching it for. Plus, I love Justin Theroux. But 2017, okay, 21 critics, 46 audience, 206 runtime. That's that's a black mark in my that's book. That's pretty long for just a random, out-of-nowhere movie. Overall, I have to give it a watch. It takes place in, like, future dystopian... Uh, Berlin. Germ- Berlin, thank you. I was going to say Germany. And I'll just say... The entire movie, I was thinking, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. Which was cool. The the antag- or I'm sorry, the protagonist is mute. He can't say anything because of a, a childhood injury. Uh, and he was Amish, so his parents wouldn't let the doctors operate. It was so weird. I constantly was just like, what is happening? The ending, the ending and Paul Rudd's character make it worth it, I yeah. think. Good. Yeah. I derped through half, over yeah. half of that movie, so yeah. I have no opinion. And so you were really like, what's happening right now? Yeah. But yeah, it, I'm going to say watch on that one. Um, Crazy Rich Agent, Asians. So there I did are, not see this one. Yeah, there are, there are several on this list that Terry didn't see because I watched them on airplanes on various flights that we've taken in the past few months. Um, I'm going to go quickly on this one. I almost felt like uh, I was committing like cultural appropriation watching it. That's like a 2021 joke, I guess. But tw- the movie's 2018. Critics night 91, audience 76, and runtime two hours. I don't know why I watched it other than I was on an airplane and I needed a way to pass time, which it did that for me. But it, I think it would be really cool. Actually, it would be excellent if that were part of your culture. It was. It's something that's so far removed from anything I could possibly understand or, or relate with that I was... I think for the average person, unless that's part of your culture, you can probably safely skip it. I think if that is part of your culture, specifically Chinese, it would probably be really awesome because it's very critically acclaimed. So it's a good movie, but it it didn't offer anything for me personally. So skip, I guess. Um, Next movie, also on an airplane, Land, 2021. 70 critics, 84 audience, 129 runtime. That gets bonus points from me. Um, I would say for the average person, skip, because it's just a long, drawn-out movie of a woman who uh, it, like recedes into the woods because she ex- uh, she experiences a terrible trauma. Uh, the supporting cast was awesome. The, the next biggest actor was the guy who plays Senior Bob in Hateful Eight. And I loved his character, and it had a good heartwarming ending. But it was kind of a, it was kind of a lot of nothing. But unless you're really into that, you know, I'm I'm trying to think of like the average person and listener, you probably skip it. But 
it was not a bad movie. That's all I'm saying. When, whenever I say skip, it, it was not a bad movie. Here's one of the must-sees, and I know you'll agree with me here. In the Shadow of the Moon. 2019, here's where it gets interesting. 58 critics, 39 audience, 155 runtime. So all three of those things are not great. But in this case, the runtime was a bonus. I was glued to the screen. You loved that movie too. Do you remember that? Please tell me you do. Yeah, there was like okay. bullshit that pissed me off in the end. Well, hold on. But I'm, I'm going to talk movie, about that. The whole movie like itself, like if you ignore whatever, you know, the, the shit at the end, the whole movie is riveting. Like you're, you, Alex said glued. We were, I was the same way. It's I was a, like, what's happening next? It's a must see movie. Yeah. The movie is incredible. Yeah, that very well That being said, Fun. I am in fundamental, vehement disagreement with the entire premise and message of the movie. I'm completely against it. Oh, same. But the movie's amazing. Yeah, the I'm movie's I'm not going to awesome. discredit how good and gripping the movie was because I think the message was, is, it's, I think it's wrong. Yeah. But um, also the, I can't remember the main actor, and I feel bad, he did a good job, but Bokeem Woodbine is in it. Uh, anybody who knows that name, he's he's a cool guy, and I, I see him pop up in a bunch of random stuff. He was Massive G in Sopranos, yeah. Massive Genius. Um, next one, The Wind, 2018, Critics 81, Audience 50, Runtime 126, bonus points. I almost put this on my must-watch list. Mm. This is a woman stranded like out with her husband. Not stranded, they choose to live this very remote life out on the prairie. Mm. I don't know, you know, like, so old timey. Yeah. So basically, the premise is, and now I'm not going to go too far into history. Back in those like settler type days, like back then, what they would do is they would say, you know, hey, if you go out and you live on this land and you prosper and you're there for X amount of time, you get a. Uh, a thousand acres or something. I'm just making these numbers up, but basically what it was, was this woman and her husband were in this situation. They're like, okay, we'll go try to settle this land. They are in this house and they're trying to survive there for X number of years. And eventually once they're there, they get ownership of the land it becomes theirs. They don't have to purchase it or anything like that. So mm -hmm. that's basically why they were stuck out there. I, Cause I was wondering, I was like, why the hell are they out there? Like just, mm -hmm. just leave. But I kind of understand now. Yep. So. And there, there's some jumping around in the timeline and there are mm -hmm. like seemingly evil forces at work. I, I just really enjoyed it. And I, for an hour and 26 minutes of your time, like I said, it bordered on must-see for Very me. enjoyable and watch. It was just really, really yeah. good. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a watch from us. Uh, the Devil Below 2021. Zero critics, 14 audience. I couldn't, the runtime wasn't even on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. I Googled it. I think it was 128. I'm Did just going to call it. Who, who cares? Curse oh. was here. Oh God. Was that the one in the this pit? This is one of my few movies I am labeling a void. The coal mine. Yes. It was, oh God. There, you know, there's, there's a coal mine. There's like okay. monsters in the coal mine. It sounds really cool. And this is why I, I cause I put this on our list. Mm -hmm. So I read it and I was like, Oh my God, like maybe it's the devil or something. And I right. was so excited. And then like you start the movie and you're like, what the hell am I watching? Like, I thought the idea was really cool. The execution was very poorly done. Tara nailed it. It's a trash movie. Avoid it. The only thing yeah. that I liked was one of the main characters was Quentin Glass from Punisher. And I don't know if anybody yeah, you, know what that means, but it, it was fun. You could read but the synopsis. Terrible movie. <laughs> um, here's a sleeper that I enjoyed. The Perfection. Yeah. 2018. Another LGBT Q movie and 20, or I'm sorry, 72 critics, 57 audience, um, 130 runtime. Yep. Definite watch from me. So basically, there's like these world class musicians that are uh, part of this school, like a live in school. You know, basically, parents turn the kids over to these like people. Like a boarding school yeah, almost. Yeah, and turn them into these world class musicians. There were cellists, right? Yes. Both of them were women. And um, there is. There are lots of twists in it, and if you've ever seen the movie Get Out, same producers, maybe even directors, I'm sorry, I don't know, but def like those, whoever made that movie made this movie too. 
It's very much like Get Out, if you're f- familiar with that movie and if you like it. Um, if you liked that movie, this would probably be... Honestly, I almost put this in the must-see category because I thought it was really wacky and twisted and cool. So I really... It, it's a it's a hard watch for me. What about you? Because you wound up liking it, too. Um, I, yeah, I'd say watch. It's It was meh. Here, here's the funny thing with Tara. Ignoring and derping at first, then it caught her attention, started really liking it, started really, really liking it, got to a scene at the end... Which and I hated. repulsed and disgusted... And then it twists again, and she was like, "Oh, this movie's effing amazing!" <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It, it, a roller coaster for terror. And the, and the ending is is very satisfying. It, it was it was a lot. That's that movie is not for the faint of heart for sure. No, uh, synchronic. We also I watched started, the end of this. Started watching it with Kurtz. Um, we all fell asleep that one night when he was visiting. Tara didn't make it through either. I insisted on finishing it. I stayed up the longest, but I still needed to finish like forty minutes. Twenty nineteen. 79 critics, 76 audience, 140 runtime, definite watch. Uh, I don't know the actor's name. I feel bad, but I'm seeing him uh, pop up in a bunch of stuff lately. Definitely an up-and-coming guy. He's been in, I think I first saw him in a Black Mirror episode. But uh, there's like a new drug sweeping the world, and it's making people like pop in and out of different times Yeah. for certain periods, uh, you know, for like seven minutes or something like that. I can't remember. Really enjoyed it. Worth your time. Definitely a watch. Um, this is next movie. I feel like I have it as a watch, but I think Tara might call it a must see. We'll see. Block Island Sound, twenty twenty. Oh. Critics ninety, audience fifty two, runtime one thirty nine. And I'll just say this: the movie leads you in one direction the entire time, and. It has a really, really good twist. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Is it a must-watch or just a just a watch for you? I don't know. It was so Must-watch. Cool. Yeah. If you're, I, it, so I when Halloween comes around and you're looking for freaky shit movies to get all excited about, put that on your list. Yeah. That, that's a good one. It was, it was great. Um, Before I Wake, 2016, 66 critics, 47 audience, 137 runtime. That was the kid... Uh, they this uh, young couple adopts a kid. He oh. dreams, and then things are manifest in the real world because of yeah. his dreams. I'm going to say uh, skip overall. It's yes. nothing special. Yeah, but I really liked what they did at the end with uh, the, the, there's like a, there's something that haunts this kid called the Canker Man, yeah, and I really liked what they did with that. It's horrifying. You're horrified for most of it, and then like at the end, you're kind of like. Aw, it's not aw, but like I know you know you what I mean. Like, and I I'm just like, you, why leave am it I? At that. Why am I sympathizing with this? But Le- you, you'll understand if you leave watch. it at that. But that part was cool. It's not good enough to make you want to watch it. Like, I won't watch it again. Oh God, no, no. There's a lot of movies I on this. I wouldn't say, watch Alex, again. Hey, let's sit down no. and watch before I wake. Uh, Army of the Dead, on the other hand, ooh, yeah. I will probably wind up watching again with somebody else because they need to see it. 2021. 68 critics, 75 audience, 228 runtime. It's a long one. Mm-hmm. This was a must-see. Yeah. Well, if you want to see Bautista all beefcakey. Yeah. Fr- uh, very fresh zombie flick. Some new stuff that I haven't seen before in, in zombie movies. Um, it's it's Zack Snyder, so it's very um, Dawn of the Dead, like the, the newer one from the 2000s. Very Dawn of the Dead-y with, yeah. with the Richard Cheese intro. It takes place mm-hmm. in Vegas. I would also say, awesome. I think, didn't, the ending kind of set it up for another movie, maybe? I think... I feel like I remember seeing something like that. Yeah, I think there was something okay. maybe teasing yeah. at it. But I hope they do. That'd great be so movie. cool. Yeah, if, that was a lot you, of fun. If you like zombies, like, there's there's a couple a couple movies on here about space, for example. We already covered one, and I said skip it because there's better ones out there. If you like zombie movies, this is a must-see because yes. it's a really good zombie I would movie. say must-see, well, I guess just for myself, but also... If anyone who um, is listening has ever been to Vegas, the opening scene is awesome and it's so fun. It's so fun to watch because like we've been there several times and like we're like pointing. We're like, oh, look, we've been there. You've been there three times now. Now, yeah. I've been there When we watched this, but it was before. Yeah, yeah. And we were like getting hyped for it. Yeah, it's like, Next movie, Tag. This was another airplane movie that I watched. Tara did not see it. 2018, 56 uh, critics, 56 audience, 140 run runtime. Um, a good 
very solid comedic and like decent names. So John Hamm, aka Don Draper, mm-hmm. uh, Jeremy Renner. I know you like him. Mm-hmm. Ed Helms from The Office and Hangover and stuff. You'd recognize him. Uh, Glasses. I'm, yeah. Okay. I'm probably forgetting a couple names, and I, f- I always feel bad. It's not fair, but um, these guys do a lifelong game of tag, and like they fly in the to, month of May. Yeah, in the month of May. Yeah, so you saw parts. I saw like, the beginning. On, like, subtitles and whatnot, yeah. and they fly to each other's cities and try and like pop up and surprise each other and everything. Overall, it's pretty funny. Had some good. Mo- it has the redhead from Wedding Crashers and Hot Rod. Um, I liked it. And it had a heartwarming ending. If you like those actors, watch. Otherwise, you can probably skip. Um, but I did officially write it down as a watch. Mm-hmm. The Clove Hitch Killer, uh, 2018, 79, critics, 68, audience, 150, runtime. This was honestly like the perfect uh, mystery, uh, what's it called? Like like a whodunit, you know what I mean? Like mystery yeah. killer, mystery thriller. Honestly, it was just a really well-constructed movie. Ended pretty well. Yeah. I think I was more into it while the movie was happening as opposed to the resolution. But just overall, it was a very yeah. good movie, and I would say it's a watch. Yep, I would for agree. For sure, yeah. Um, Freaks. Must see. I just want to jump out and say that. 2018, 88. Critics, 86. Audience, 145. Runtime. That has Dern. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Dern. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, Bruce Dern made that movie for yes. me. I think he is that movie. Yeah, but if he wasn't in it, it wouldn't have been what it was. It's just a really cool take on... This might turn some people off, and trust me, it shouldn't. Like superheroes. But a lot grittier and more interesting than just, you know, like... Honestly... Whatever, like Marvel fair. Yeah, I was actually going to compare it to like pre-X-Men yeah. Like if, like if before Proto X Men. Proto X Men. Yeah. Yes. Like imagine if hundred percent before the X Men had like their their identifier. I feel like this is shit they would it's, have gone through. It's an awesome yeah. movie. It's really cool, especially if you like Bruce Dern. And if you don't, you will after this movie. So I think Freaks is a must see. Mm-hmm. Woman in the Window, twenty twenty one, twenty five critics, thirty five audience, one forty runtime. Skip. Yep. That movie was a waste of time. Didn't have. Yeah. It, it was just stupid. I want my hour and forty back. Yeah. We we have uh, a. It had promise, by the way, but mm-hmm. I just don't think it was very good. We have a lot of new stuff on this list. I should have mentioned that early up front. Uh, Stowaway, twenty twenty one, seventy seven critics, forty eight audience, one fifty six runtime. This was better than the other space movie I mentioned. Thirty twenty two. It wasn't even bad. The only reason I'm saying skip on it is because it was too long for what it was, and there are better space genre movies. Yeah, and there's a plot hole that is just never explained, and that kind of makes me angry. Yeah, inside. It, uh, gives, and, and just to give know. like a super broad synopsis, there is a space mission. Uh, they're going to Mars. They have yeah. finite resources. And somebody else is on the ship by yeah, accident. They, yeah. And, you know, that would cause huge problems resources-wise. So, cool premise. Decent movie, but there are better in the space. Oh, pun intended. And um, skip for that reason. But, you know, if you watch everything in that space, like me, then you're probably going to be okay with it and not be mad mm-hmm. about the time you spent watching it. Here's an older one. State of Play, 2009, 84 critics, 73 audience, 207 runtime. Um, another good Russell Crowe movie. I would say watch overall. It was a little too long, but uh, cool movie. It, it's like a scrappy but somewhat successful uh, reporter mm-hmm. slash journalist covering a big case with like corrupt politicians and stuff, which I'm sure a lot of it was truer to life than any of us would like to know or even think. And um, you watched it with me. Did you like it? Yeah. Um, Rachel McAdams also. Was I enjoyed it. watching it through the ending. And um, I was like, wow, yeah, I'm glad I watched that. And, but I'll never watch it again. Kind of relieved when it was over because it was long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. So yeah. that was one of those ones that I was like teetering on the edge. But it was a good movie. So yeah. that's why I'm ultimately saying a, a watch. But it's by no means mm-hmm. a must watch or a must see. The Bad Batch, 2016, 46 audience, 30, I'm sorry, 46 critics, 30 audience, 158 runtime. 
This one almost made my must must watch must see list. I was gonna put it as must watch. I knew you were because this was another movie hilarious. By the way, Yaley recommended this friend friend listener Kaylee. He recommended this to me at least a year ago. No joke. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll watch it. And I always had an intention to, and I just never got around to it. Finally did. Post apocalyptia, like think Fallout kind of thing. Uh, you know, there are splintered off groups of cannibals and there's quote normal people trying to you know, rebuild society. And in the the very beginning of the movie, something very violent oh, happens. God. And Tara was like, it I turned me off this. so hard. And I was just on my phone derping because I didn't want to watch it. I'm like, oh, my God. And then she, you know, she has her ears open, yeah. and then she had her eyes open, and yeah. then she wound up loving it, and now she's saying maybe a must-watch Pulled must me in, and then I was riveted the whole time I was watching it, yep. and I was like, what Jason a f- Momoa. What a good movie. A.K.A. Aquaman and Game of Thrones, whatever that show Call was. Drogo. Yeah. And uh, random Keanu Reeves appearance, which was also very fun and welcome, because he's awesome. So, great movie. Uh a definite skip or I'm sorry, definite watch from me and maybe even a must see mm-hmm. from both of us. Uh, downhill airplane movie. Tara didn't see it. Will Ferrell and Julie, Julia Louis Dreyfus, um, AKA Lane from Seinfeld. Yeah. Weird. 2020, 38 critics, 40, I'm sorry, 14 audience. I'm going too fast now. Oh, 125 runtime. It was, it was kind of funny. It had its moments basically like a a couple a, a married couple who you know they're sort of like growing apart and they're having strains on their marriage for various things they take their their sons on a ski trip and the the kids are at odds with the parents and the parents are at odds with each other blah 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 and just like it had a decent ending but it it was a silly rom-com it was a waste of time yeah I but wanna, i was on an airplane i want to so make cares? one observation so you guys can't see this, but I'm sitting here very close to this computer list that he has pulled up. Mm-hmm. And starting from the Bad Batch, the rest of these are just horrible names. Like, it's just very depressing. Like, downhill. Not all the movies. Yeah, yeah, the next one, The Decline. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll, you'll hear them, but I just had to point that yeah, out. I'm it, like, it, oh, no. It does look funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I overall, I think you can skip downhill. The Decline, 2020. 90 critics, 64 audience, 123 runtime. This is a French movie. Was uh, this um, that one person who went out and... Yes. Okay, the, okay. There's a guy who like goes out to do like survival training. Because, you know, just yeah. if you're on, on in that... Right now, it's fringe. Who knows? Like super prepper survivor mentality. Like everything's going to collapse tomorrow. I want to be ready. That kind of a thing, which I don't blame anybody for that. Um, there's a guy who goes out to do basically training with this dude who like knows everything about that, that particular space. Mm -hmm. And, uh, things go south not too long after they're there. And basically, you know, they're all of their survival instincts kick in and they have to fend for themselves. I thought it was a good movie, especially because it's such a short watch. So, um, yeah, I would recommend it as a watch. Yeah, I, I think only, I lost interest. Hour 23, yeah, you. I think you fell asleep or something like that because I was watching yeah. part of it in bed, which is unusual. So, anyways, pretty decent movie. An American Pickle. Another airplane movie. Okay, I didn't see this. 2020, 72 critics, 45 audience, 128 runtime. It's uh, Seth Rogen. It is the most Seth Rogen oh, movie the, you can um, possibly imagine. Yeah, like it's... It was fine. I had some laughs, but it was it was tired because it was just nothing new that I haven't seen from Seth Rogen before. Even though I do like him, I, I think he's entertaining. I'm just saying skip because there's nothing like particularly amazing or special in it. The only thing I'll say, and if anybody does watch it or anybody has watched it, I can say this, and you'll think this was funny too. Because every time I think of this movie, I just think this kale fucks. That's all I'm going to say about that movie. Um, I know that sounds weird to you, probably. <laughs> Next movie, Bad Trip. Did I see this? Eric Andre. It's the Eric Andre movie. Oh, my God. So, 2021, 76 critics, 69 audience, 124 runtime. Skip with the caveat, unless you love Eric Andre. Yeah, yeah, big what, caveat. Yeah, so, which we do. I will say, like, it made me laugh for sure. I'm glad I watched for 80 minutes. Who cares? 84 minutes. 
the only thing is things like Eric Andre and Sasha Baron Cohen's Borat specifically, they can only be hilarious for a while. And then it gets to the point where too many people know these guys' faces or characters, and it's yeah. like, what the hell? I, I would say more so, like, Borat 2, you know, we watched that a while ago. It was funny, but I'll never, I'll, I'll almost certainly never watch it again. And it didn't, in my opinion, didn't need to exist and shouldn't have existed because the first movie is perfect and hilarious, one of the funniest movies yeah. I've ever seen. Because nobody, nobody knew about Borat. Yeah, and I was actually going to say it's, it's almost kind of like the same thing as like a, not the same thing, but it reminds me, or the word I'm looking for is maybe, or phrasing I'm looking for, excuse me, is like a one-hit wonder. Yeah. Where like, okay, so for example, Eric Andre. We love Eric Andre in the Eric Andre show. And the first season is some of the funniest shit. First three. First three. And then maybe it gets, even four. That's all amazing. Yeah. And then it gets a little too popular or like a little bit too people are thinking about it too much. And then it's kind of like, well, you're losing that organicness. Exactly. Because you're trying you're you're being a tryhard. Yeah. Almost. The the funniest thing about the early Eric Andre seasons green was imagery. That somebody you know, you would get your agent comes to you and you're an actor and they're like, Hey, they want to interview you on this talk show. And you're like, what the hell is this shit? And they're like, well, it pays this. And it's like, all right, well, I guess why not? And then you get on there and like, you're being tormented and harassed and you're like, what is this? You know, like that shit is amazing. I don't, I never know how, how many guests he wound up getting on as time went on that truly didn't know or if they just played along or if they had a really good sense of humor. Yeah, and I think they try to film for like an hour and they yeah. only keep like, what, like a couple minutes of the, the uh, interview and they splice it together. Yeah, I don't it's know so exactly funny. how that works, but the I love the idea that I just feel like at this point, Eric Andre might be at the end of that particular brand of comedy because so many people know him, except whenever he does skits where he's completely dressed up and or, you know, covered in makeup to the point where nobody can possibly know it's him. Like, yeah. even the bench mensch, I keep saying that. Oh like, my god, the bench But that's from season five. Yeah, that's the, not or, even from the movie. Okay, yeah. let's keep it on track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No so, tangent. Eric Andre is great. Yeah. I don't know. That's If you like him, watch it. Otherwise, if if you don't like Eric Andre's stuff, skip it because you won't get it. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Uh, Doom Annihilation, 2019. Oh god. 45 critics, 15 audience, 137 runtime. What I say? Sorry, forty three, fifteen is the split on the ratings. This is this made my avoid list. I love Doom. I'm obsessed with Doom. It's one of my favorite franchises of all time. It is one of the most important franchises of all time. My God, that movie is so bad. We we, we had fun. We watched both in one day. There's one other movie on this list. Then and I'm just gonna lump it into here. Ready? Doom, the original one with The Rock, two thousand five. 18 critics, 34 audience, 144 runtime. I've seen that one time in my life. I saw it when it came out, so in 2005. Uh, and we watched them both in one day because like Tara was interested. I, I got yeah. her into Doom recently. And they're both so bad. Oh, they're terrible. I mean, just truly terrible, but like a couple of things that are so bad that they're funny. I mean, there's. I actually talked to my compatriot, my podcast compatriot, uh, Nick, on well, f- from formerly Two V One Podcast, which you'll see that in a recent episode. I had a reunion with my old podcast buddies, but he they carried it on and it turned into Whiff Punish Podcast episode thirty five. I was on that, and Nick and I talked like all things Doom, including that I I told him about watching these movies, and we went over so so many hilarious things. The name of the episode is called Crypto Sleep because. They literally refer to cryo sleep as crypto sleep multiple times. And I think it's an accident because I think only one time they actually say cryo yeah, they correctly. Said, they said it one time in the movie and then ever since the, the fact, whole movie, the fact they that they're crypto. inconsistent makes it even funnier. And it's yeah. worth listening to that episode on Whiff Punish because of how hard Nick is laughing. I mean, he named the episode after it because it's so bad. And and I remember one thing I forgot to mention on that episode was there is one part where there are noticeably fake plants in the background where they're not... It's supposed to be like a greenhouse area where they're producing oxygen. Oh, you can see the plastic. Like, it, they're, they are 
obviously oh, fake. It, I mean, it this, looked like someone movie, delivered like the Amazon package. It's that day. so bad, and they try and like deliver a small love letter to Doom fans by like putting in names like Carmack and William Blaskovich and, and God, is it bad? If but, you, um, yeah, I would say for us normal people, it's an avoid. If you have a history with Doom like yourself and how you got me into it, and you want to watch a Doom themed uh, shit comedy, yeah, that's what I think that genre. I think that's what those movies would fit into. Exactly. They, they are not good. Yeah, it, and if you don't know anything about Doom, stay stay away. That I'm oh, yeah. creating a new as opposed to avoid. This is stay away. Run. If you know nothing about. Yeah, run, <laughs> run like hell. There was a game called uh, RLH on PS2 back in the day. Run like hell. Extraction, 2020, eight, 67 critics, 69 audience, 157 runtime, absolute watch. Who's the main actor? Chris Hemsworth. Oh, yeah, I feel like yeah. I get a lot of those, like, handsome buff guys mixed up. And then there's Liam Hemsworth, of course, right? Mm-hmm. He's his brother. But Chris Hemsworth, um, definite watch. It is the action movie. If you want to see one badass guy kill... 200 guys this is the movie it's it's like taken yeah if you like taken you'll like this movie it's just a really really good action movie so i I would check out extraction for sure red dot swedish film 2021 70 critics 31 audience 126 runtime bonus points still might call it a skip definitely Uh, they're they're out he this guy in his girlfriend fiance i don't know i think it's fiance i think it's fiance seriously who cares they go out and like to the arctic tundra to do some camping and stuff and they see a red dot appear on their tent because they have a a scuffle with uh these like rednecks earlier on in the movie and the implication is that they come after them and they're like tormenting them and they're gonna kill them and everything and yeah it 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 kept my attention the ending was kind of hilarious a little bit savage did I even see it? I don't know. That was one of those ones that, like I watched half in bed or something. So yeah, short runtime means you're not going to regret it if you just want like a trash thriller. But I'm not going to recommend it. That's no, all. Absolutely not. Final movie. Oh, I already talked about this on a briefly on an episode with Tommy recently. I can't remember which one it was. It was one of the last two that I recorded with Tommy, but it was so good. And it was so important to me and Tara both that I had to tell people in case it like disappeared off Netflix. But The Guest with Dan Stevens, who is Matthew from Downton Abbey, 2014, 91 critics, 69 audience, 139 runtime, absolute must-see. Yes. Thriller, mystery, action. It was crazy because we watched this right after our last movie rundown, and uh, which was episode... Um, 121 and I was just disappointed because I was like damn it we just finished this I need to tell people about this movie but such a good movie just really has you on the edge of your seat but like also entertained There's, it, it's definitely a dark comedy yeah at the same time oh yeah Um, and I would also say um, two things actually Dan Stevens if you are familiar with him from Downton you get to see how wonderfully attractive his body is yeah he's built uh so that was good and also and and he's like swervy in this one yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and also um the music in this movie it don't get me wrong i like music in movies a lot like different soundtracks and whatnot the music that they picked for this is amazing and i shazammed as many tracks as i could to build a playlist on spotify Mm -hmm. like i went crazy with it and that I don't do that with all the movies. This one was just phenomenal. Yeah. And and it was really funny because not only were so many, we we said, oh, this sounds like Hotline Miami. It actually, toward the end of the movie, they played a song yeah. from Hotline Miami. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, play those games because they're absolutely incredible. But um, that's the end of the movie rundown, number three. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, again, as a recap, our must-sees are the Fear Street Trilogy, the uh, In the Shadow of the Moon, Army of the Dead, Freaks, The Guest, Tara Said the Bad Batch, and there was, oh, Tara Said Death Proof, which, I mean, it's, oh. it's QT, so 
obviously that gets a must-see for me as well. The only reason I didn't say it is because I've, I've seen it before. Yeah. And then let me throw two bonuses at you. I don't have the details written down because they weren't new for me. But anytime I I have seen so many movies, like I, I would call myself a movie buff. Mm-hmm. And anytime I'm, I think, oh, my wife needs to see this movie because I need to be able to talk to her about it and reference it. I always, we watch it and then we always invite James to watch it with us. And we just watched two amazing ones. I'm just going to say they're automatic must-sees, in my opinion. Finding Forrester. Yes. Sean Connery and Rob Brown. It's it's a must-see. Check it out. So uplifting. Yes. Very uplifting. And inspiring. And inspirational and motivational. Just an amazing movie. And that's a Gus Van Zandt movie. And the uh, and K-Pax. Oh, my God. K-Pax. That movie is not talked about. I don't think a lot of people know about it. Kevin Spacey and Jeff Bridges. That one is very thought-provoking and amazing. Yeah. And Kevin Spacey's a freak and whatever. He's an amazing actor. Uh, yeah. That d- it doesn't discredit his body of work. It's such a good movie. Talk about music. That one as well. Yes, the I was, original score. Yeah, because I and made it. Finding Forrester. Well, yeah, I made a comment about the guest and both of those movies had wonderful soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. so, yeah, I just wanted to throw those two in at the end for anybody who's never seen that. Those are some older movies from the 2000s. Yeah. But Bonus. Okay, so 38 movie 38 recommendations. Movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> recommendations or not. But thank you, yeah. Tara, for helping me hold down the fort. Um, again, we're going to do a quick follow-up about a specific documentary. Trust me, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're a Craftheads fan, this one will be directly relevant to you. So you'll enjoy it. We'll probably keep it to 20, 30 minutes. And um, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Steve. Adios. Adios, aloha.